comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. What's up, everybody? It's IBSEZIS coming at you guys once again with the IBN NFL Backdoor Cover Weekly Gambling Podcast. We, or I, am not doing too well. (laughs) Uh, It's crazy because two weeks ago, I couldn't get the podcast up and I went 5-0. It was like the best week ever. And then the week after that, or maybe it was three weeks ago, week after that, I go... 3.5 3.5 on my super contest should have been four, uh, but I got a um, I got a I was gonna say a draw. I've been watching too much soccer. Sorry, I got a uh, push on the Browns and Broncos Thursday night game, and it's been downhill ever since. Uh, but this is this is NFL gambling. How it, it's how it goes sometimes. Honestly, uh, last week I just have to look back and laugh. I don't know if many of you follow me on Facebook, but um, my son participated in our NFL show. And just as a joke, uh, we were asking him uh, what teams he would pick to win the games. And and then I, you know, had talked to him on the side and was like, this is the spread. Like he's four. So he doesn't really understand. But anyway, I just had him pick. I had him pick nine games who he thought would cover the spread. The guy doesn't even know the numbers like he's four and he went six and three. I went uh, three and six. So just goes to show that last week, if not for better or worse, you just have to laugh. <laughs> you just have to chuckle and laugh. If you are a, uh, a nutcase and you like underdogs and you like taking chances on underdogs, you probably had a very good week last week. Um, I mean, there was upsets galore. I've been getting trolled in my in my group because I've long bashed the notion any given Sunday is, is trash. It's not. It doesn't exist. And lo and behold, the week after I say that, everybody that was supposed to win didn't win. Um, but I still stand by what I said, even though I know it makes our great commissioner angry. I have to stand by it just because I'm just stubborn like that. I'm mad. <laughs> Uh, I would hope on any given Sunday, uh, people who are 10 to 13 point favorites are not losing consistently enough uh, for us to really be concerned. Uh, Vegas, depending on how you look at it, probably built another casino and a couple highways and strip clubs off of last off of last week. It was it was pretty rough at one point, I think, before. Before the last four o'clock game finished, uh, I want to say underdogs were like 75 percent. It was just something crazy. Uh, But to recap my week last week, like I always do, uh, just based off the super contest, there's some other bets I had here and there um, that, you know, I didn't necessarily win either. If it comes to mind, I'll I'll bring that up. But primarily, I just talk about my super contest here. Uh, I went one in four. Uh, on the super contests, 
I mean, I consider near misses except for that Bengals game. The Bengals game was absolutely awful, and I was pretty high on the Bengals going into that game. I thought they would bounce back. It was a division game. I know the Browns are, are a formidable opponent, but I felt like the the Bengals had enough offense to to make this kind of a shootout, and it just was one sided from the opening whistle all the way through. Burrow didn't look that great. Uh, Jamar Chase was a little out of whack as well and the Browns just capitalized on it um but I had that line at Bengals favorite by two and a half obviously missed by about 50 points (laughs) uh Texas plus 5.5 I was pretty pretty sure that the Texans could win um I got a boost when uh Tua was announced out and um our guy Tyrod came back. I thought it was a boost, but it wasn't. And, and honestly, it wasn't a pretty game on both sides. I actually took the liberty of watching the game. It was pretty painful, but the Texans had their chances and, and like a bad team, they just couldn't capitalize. And so unfortunate. Um, they still had a chance to at least cover the number because I also had them winning outright and uh, they, they botched that as well. But how wild is it that if you looked at last week's lines and you had to pick an underdog to outright win. I doubt anybody would have picked the Jags. I doubt anybody would have picked the uh, Broncos. I feel like the the first team that everybody would have said, oh, they've got a chance to really win was the Texans and they freaking lost. <laughs> so it was just that kind of week. Um, the Ravens game. Ah, the Ravens. Favored by six. Went up by seven with under two minutes to go and inexplicably ran cover zero again. I don't know why. It was like fourth and nine. Uh, We covered this on the NFL recap show a little. I don't know why they keep doing this, but Jefferson essentially abused Humphrey. He abused Humphreys in that secondary on several occasions, but you would think in that situation that they wouldn't they wouldn't like you know go all out as far as coverage and the blitzing goes but they did they sold out and it was awful because the corner was playing a soft a soft uh man-to-man coverage which i don't understand why you play man-to-man and back up 15 yards in the first down markers at the uh (laughs) at the eight yard mark he was literally in the end zone uh when chase caught the ball and Easy first down. They ended up scoring um, and then went into overtime, and the Ravens won in overtime, I believe. Honestly, it's kind of funny because I I haven't really – like, I was just so disgusted at that game. I didn't even check the actual final result. It was just that kind of week. I was like, you know what? They're not going to cover – F these guys. And I'm only saying F because trying to keep it family friendly here. Sometimes people listen with their kids. <laughs> but they won by three. I think Tucker made a game winning field goal. Typical Baltimore. They're winning games, but they're not covering numbers for me. And um, in this particular show, we're, and as far as gamblers go, we care more so about the number. Uh, so they didn't cover in a game they should have covered. So that was very disappointing. And then the most disappointing game uh, was the Jets Thursday night game. Now, I will tell you, uh, all things considered, I probably should be grateful that it was a situation where they could have covered because they were getting blown 
out. Uh, Mike White was looking good. He went 7 for 11 for 96 yards. Uh, and yes, I have that stat memorized because he was looking pretty good and he got hurt. And he went down. I think Josh Johnson came in. First drive was kind of eh. And then it just looked like they were just going to be just destroyed. And they turned around and, and fought back. And, and some of that's on the Colts, too. Colts kind of took their foot off the gas and were trying to run the clock out with 19 minutes left in the game. And the Jets came back and they had an opportunity to backdoor cover, no pun intended. And uh, the ball got deflected and intercepted, which is unfortunate because I just all the momentum was on the Jets to score. And, you know, hats off to the Jets. They really were trying. I know some people might laugh about that, but when you get teams that are bad like the Jets and you see this kind of effort this late in the year, uh, it's pretty telling. Like this weekend, they've got, uh, I think, a 13 and a half uh, line against a struggling Bills team. It's something to consider. If you know that this team is not going to quit and they're playing competitive football, they're not necessarily good, but they're willing to compete and play to the end of the game. Uh, that's something that you might be willing to put your money behind uh, in certain spots. So uh, effort matters to me. You know, bad teams are bad, but bad teams can cover. So uh, you have to keep that in mind. The only win, the only win I had this week on my super contest was the Packers plus seven and a half. And that was pretty dicey too. Um, I am, you know, at this point, grateful that I haven't been 0-5 at any point this season. But I had a real strong chance of being 0-5. Chiefs are just really bad against the number right now. They they could only muster 13 points. Jordan Love was doing everything he could to to basically give the game away. I feel like they should have blown the, the Packers out based off how they looked, but they just don't seem to have it all clicking right now. And and I've done a little bit of research and looked at and not the Aaron Rodgers type research. I've actually looked at the film on the Chiefs and kind of compared them to what they were running last year and the year before. And I'm, I'm well versed in Andy Reid's offense, like what he's trying to do as far as his schemes go. And it just doesn't look like an Andy Reid type offense. It's a little strange. And I, I don't know. I don't know if if it's just them trying to overcompensate for people knowing what they're doing, but it, they need to they need to get back to the grassroots of, of attacking the middle of the field. Uh, they need to design more plays that go to the middle of the field. There's a lot of things going outside the numbers, um, things that require time to develop routes, and they don't have the blocking for that. And and so it's not it's not a good looking team right now. It's not anything with the running game. Yes, the defense isn't that great, but I'm thinking offensively. When you think of the Chiefs and the Patrick Mahomes tenure, you're typically talking about teams that are going to outscore you just as much as anything. Like that's what we're banking on. We're banking on this offense and uh, they're just not showing up. And so until that changes, uh, I mean, you gotta, you gotta proceed with caution with the, with the Chiefs. And, you know, we got a game this week that is just, it's just screaming, take the Chiefs, take the Chiefs. And then I have I have hesitations on taking the Chiefs. But we'll get to that in a little bit. So, again, awful, awful two weeks. 
I actually haven't tallied uh, what my percentage is. I was like 63% a couple weeks ago, but having gone two and eight in the last two weeks, I'm going to assume I'm no longer at that 60% threshold, which is what we're looking for. But the beauty of it is we still have seven weeks left. Um, and playoffs too, obviously, but I don't, I don't know. It depends on how you look at it. It could be pretty bad. It could be seven more weeks of L's, but I'm remaining optimistic. I do like a lot of what I see this week in line, so we can jump right into that, starting with the Thursday night game. Uh, Thursday night sees the Ravens traveling to Miami to take on the Dolphins. Uh, once again, all our lines come from mybookie.ag. If you have not joined mybookie.ag, you should, and use IB Sports as your promo code. You get a match on your first deposit, as well as a pretty nice rollover bonus. All right, so Ravens lines at seven and a half. Ravens laying seven and a half, traveling to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, don't know if two is playing or if Jacoby's playing. Don't know if it really matters, honestly. Uh, the last time the Ravens came to Miami, they absolutely obliterated the Dolphins. It was like a coming out party for Lamar Jackson and this this offense, uh, which we soon found out would be fool's gold. But they dropped like fifty on them, I think, or close to fifty. Just from start to finish, it was just a whipping. Um, but this is a Thursday night game, and this is also a year or two later. I think that was in 2019 when that happened, or it might have been last year. But either way, it's, it's been a while. Um, Dolphins do have a little bit of positivity going right now. Yeah, they barely beat the uh, the Texans, but they won a game. They only won one game before that. Uh, so they now have two wins. Ravens are... Um, not the cover monsters they used to be. Uh, and a lot of that kind of has to do with injuries. Uh, but I do like what I see from Lamar Jackson. Um, I'm going to side with the Ravens on this one. I'm not going to put it in my super contest, which I've been very active on Thursday and Monday night games, putting them in my super contest. I'm not going to put this in my super contest, but I, I like the Ravens here. If you can buy the hook down to seven, that would be great. Um, the, the seven and a half just seems a little, it makes me a little nervous. And it's just based off of the last couple weeks where I've watched the Ravens uh, in games. And you can even go as far back as the Lions game, a, a team that's not very good uh, a team that they were on the road against in spots where they usually or used to cover by like double the expectation they were struggling and needed a field goal and not just a field goal but a, a historic field goal to come out with the win um, I don't know if if I'm confident enough in the Dolphins to be consistent enough on offense to to challenge Baltimore like the uh, like the Lions did, and the, and some of that is a scheme thing. Dolphins don't take a lot of shots downfield. Uh, Tua holds on to the ball too long, so if he plays, he doesn't really take shots. Jacoby just isn't willing to take shots, and he's not all that accurate either. It seems like a, a game where the defense could could really look like the Baltimore old uh, that they really can play. You know, their their cover zero and and, and blitz they. Typically blitz around like 36% of the time anyway. It just looks like a game where, where schematically the Ravens could, you know, look like a superior team again. I just 
don't like seven and a half. I feel like anytime we get around the key numbers, you should stick to your rules um, and, and not get too overconfident. So again, if you can buy the hook down to seven, I would do that. Um, and like I said, I'm not putting it in my super contest, but to me, all signs point to a Ravens victory um, as well as a cover. All right, first Sunday game, we've got Jags plus 10, Indianapolis Colts. Um, they're traveling to Indy. Uh, Jags fresh off the upset win of the Bills. Hop on the road against a division opponent. Um, getting 10 points at that. I I bashed Urban Meyer Sunday. I don't really give Urban Meyer much credit for Sunday's win. I just think it was more the the Bills just couldn't just couldn't like stop themselves like they were tripping over their own feet and then Josh Allen got beat by his namesake uh, so I don't know I don't know how much stock I put into um, the Jags turning any kind of corner I think they're still a bad team uh, I believe they'll still be without Robinson um, it's it's a lot of points especially after watching how the Colts almost tricked up the Jets game but let me let me lay the 10 here um I think Jonathan Taylor has a great game uh I think Carson Wentz is a far more competent passer than what we saw out of Josh Allen Sunday and I'm putting that in that small box Josh Allen looked awful Sunday I don't expect Carson Wentz to look like that at home against the Jags so um, I'm not saying Wentz is better than Josh Allen not that crazy but I don't expect Wentz to look as bad as Josh Allen did on uh, last Sunday I think being at home and this being a division opponent um, favors the Colts a little bit more. So I'll, I'll lay the 10 here reluctantly. Um, and as far as trends go, I've been saying the Colts have been a, a, a team trending up for like five weeks. Even when they were losing against the number, they were still a good trending team. Like they're, they're a pretty solid team. I think they've only failed to cover the spread twice this year. Uh, now, as far as being a favorite and with a number this large, I don't know if they've ever had that happen. Uh, to my knowledge, they, sh- they haven't. Uh, but a team that's like six and two or, or seven and three against the spread should still get some respect. Uh, this line is a tad bit inflated, uh, but from a gambling angle, um, sometimes when teams get those really big wins, the next week they come out and they just don't have it. So I can understand why that is, or I can understand where this line is coming from in anticipation of Jacksonville having um, a letdown here. The game of the week for me. Browns visiting the New England Patriots. Patriots are laying two and a half at home against the Cleveland Browns. Um, this might surprise some people because I've been very high on the Patriots. But this is the, this is the second time this year, or the third time this year, where I've seen a line with the Patriots at home and I've asked myself actually it's fourth time i've asked myself why are the patriots favorite here like what what am i missing uh week one against the dolphins they were favorite by i want to say three and a half then the game against the the cowboys and saints they were not favorite but the lines were so low i was really confused as to what was going on because i hadn't seen in my mind 
I hadn't seen anything from the Patriots that suggested that they would beat a team at that stage as good as Dallas or could overcome the advantages that the Saints had personnel-wise. Which brings me to this game Sunday. Mac Jones is, is doing better. Um, the team is looking up. But this Browns team has a really, really, really good defense. And I, I probably need to add one more really on that. They are a stout team. They are a physical team. Very physical. Um, in fact, the Patriots' two home losses that I can recall, um, the last two home losses that I can recall from the Patriots were against top 10 rushing teams, Dallas and New Orleans at the time. Um, and that, to me, would be you know what I would call a nugget. The Browns are probably the best rushing team or top three rushing team in the league. They're coming into the Patriots' home. Uh, they're going to have advantages across the board. Uh, Even no matter how you feel about Odell Beckham, the Browns can move the ball with or without Odell. They've already shown that. Um, And they even if Nick Chubb is out, they still have the ability to run the ball, which they've shown that as well. Um, And that defense will be hungry. And the Patriots uh, for for what it's worth, don't necessarily possess the the offensive talent that I think would would outright beat the Browns. This line tells me that the Patriots are outright better than the Browns. I don't agree, so I'm going to take my points. Um, I'm probably going to play Patriots money line. I do have this in my. I mean. Browns money line. I do have this in my super contest. Uh, it could be a letdown spot for Cleveland, but I feel like Cleveland's trending up and it's not necessarily how they beat the Bengals. That's a familiar opponent. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes with those division games, the familiarity of everything kind of over embellishes how good a team is. I'm looking at it from just how the Browns typically match up with teams that they play and how the Patriots have matched up with physical teams. And it just hasn't necessarily played out the way that uh, Vegas has expected. And so I'm going to stick with the Browns here uh, on the road to beat the Patriots. Um, I hate that I have to depend on Baker Mayfield, but maybe it's just, Baker just hands the ball off and, and we're good to go. And, and that's what I'm anticipating. All right. So Falcons, Cowboys, um, Cowboys just got obliterated. Uh, like just there wasn't one positive about that game against the Broncos and the Falcons squeezed out a Saints win, uh, which is wild because they they were up several scores. And I think the Saints had to score 22 points uh, in the fourth quarter. And the, and the Falcons ended up needing a game winning field goal, which is just, again, strange. But they were three-point underdogs? No, six-point six underdogs um, in that game. So, just thinking out loud. If the Falcons went to New Orleans and they were a six-point dog, and then the next week they turn around and travel to the Cowboys who just got waxed and now they're a nine-point dog, what is that? That just seems like an offline to me. Um, they're six-point dogs to the Saints, but they're just... A field goal difference between the Cowboys and Saints. I don't. I don't agree with that. But either way, um, I'm not trying to overthink it. Last time Falcons played Dallas, uh, it was a wild game. I think it was last year actually. It was wild, and, and the Falcons blew it at the end. If there's anything you can bet on, you can bet on the Falcons blowing it at the end. 
I'm going to go ahead and take my nine with the Falcons. I, I hate fading the Cowboys, man. They, they are still barely clinging on to my number one spot in my power rankings, although I'm, I really am inclined to bump the Cardinals up. Next week, I will like read off my top five or top 10 and like against the spread power rankings as I see it. But anyway, Cowboys, just this, this one loss was bad. Uh, they can bounce back. Nine is a, is a hefty number. They'll need some help. They'll need to force some turnovers with Matt Ryan, which has happened plenty of times, but they need to close the game out, which is where they typically falter uh, against the spread in these larger numbers. So right now, leaning Falcons, I will probably talk more about that on the show Sunday, um, which I'll be filming from my job. But either way, uh, if you want to know my official pick, uh, just check back with me on Sunday. All right. Um, the other one o'clock game, Bills, Jets. Bills are visiting the New York Jets, laying 12 and a half. I'll tell you right now, I think that's too much uh, for a team that just has struggled against the spread the last couple of weeks. But if there's any time that the Jets look like the Jets is when they play their division. Uh, so we'll see how Mike White does. If Mike White plays, um, I am leaning to taking my points with the Jets because they have been competitive. Um, Should have had a cover last week, uh, but, you know, it happens. I feel like if Mike White had played, it would have been a totally different game and they would have covered that number. But you're getting a lot of points with the the Jets team that hasn't quit and uh, seems to be willing to compete nevertheless. As long as, as long as Zach Wilson isn't the quarterback, they seem very willing to compete. So, um, leaning Jets there. Saints, Titans. Sorry for the pause. I was looking at looking at the line. Saints, Titans. Um, I've got the Saints plus three. So Titans are laying three points at home versus the Saints. Big win for the for the Titans last week uh, against the Rams. Did not see that coming. Ironically, my four-year-old did. <laughs> he picked the Titans, but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Titans here. They're usually always pretty decent at home. Three points is is about right. Um, I think they're still gonna be working with that running back with committee. Um, Saints don't really have much of a passing game, and I think Vrabel has been on his like top level game uh with with game planning for these last last three weeks since the bills uh, since they played the bills so it was bills chiefs rams i believe was their schedule and they have beat all three so i mean if we're thinking about nfl wise it would make complete sense for them to lay an egg against the saints right here uh but with the saints having trevor simeon who's limited and Taysom hill who's also very limited i think it's a tall order to ask the saints to to beat the titans without being able to effectively pass the ball so i'm going to take my points here uh, with the titans a team trending up a team that really looks like they could wind up being a a number two seed or hell depending on how their division plays out because they don't have a good division uh depending on how their out of division games play out they could end up being a one seed uh at the end of the year just because of their schedule and uh they are they are hot they are rolling and they they are winning games against the the more difficult portion of their outer out of division schedule so um 
it's definitely setting this team up for a nice little playoff run in the future, hopefully. Um, Buccaneers laying 10 on the road against the Washington football team. Football team's not very good. Uh, Tom Brady's pretty petty, and the Bucks are coming off a of bye week. Best believe they remember how close the game was uh, last year. They probably are like posting Heineke uh, memes and and sound bites from fans saying that Heineke was the guy after that playoff uh, game and how excited everybody was that the Buccaneers like only won by a score. So I expect a blowout here. Uh, Washington football team is absolutely awful. Tom Brady is still going for the um, touchdown record. If you want to take a prop, I would take Brady over three touchdown passes. I don't know what the odds would be on that, but any three, three point five, I'll take it. I'll take up to four if you do uh, FanDuel DraftKings, like just for the hell of it, man. I'd lay something on Brady four more touchdowns. Like he's gonna. He's going to destroy this team if he gets a chance. And and this secondary is not good at all. Um, not sure how the Washington football team gonna, are going to move the ball against the Buccaneers. So let me let me get the, the – I'm going to lay the 10 with the Bucs on the road. All right. Uh, Lions-Steelers are the, is the last 1 o'clock game. So the Lions are visiting the Steelers. Lions – I mean, Steelers laying eight and a half – Lions coming off a of bye week. Lions suck. Dan Campbell sucks. Golf sucks. Um, Steelers are a weird team. Very, very weird team. Every time I've picked the Lions to cover, they don't do anything. So I'm going to lean to the Steelers, but this is a lot of points for a sorry Pittsburgh Steelers team. Um, you know, you guys can make a probably a better choice on it. Personally, if I had to put money on it, I would lay off just because I have had no luck with betting the Lions in any kind of spot. In spots where I thought they would cover, they've gotten blown out. Uh, I think the only correct call I've had on the Lions all year was when the Bengals came to town. I said the Bengals would, would score like over 25 and, and I said that the Bengals would cover. But... I faded the Lions against the Ravens. That didn't work out. Um, I tried to take my uh, points with the Lions when they played the Bears, and this was this was back when um, when Justin Fields didn't know his left from his right, and they still lost. Uh, so it was just they actually got into the red zone. I think it was a record. They got into the red zone three consecutive times and got zero points out of it. So I am absolutely not putting anything. Like on the lines, period. Whether it's real money, fake money, monopoly money, my son's snacks, I'm not putting anything on it. All right, so four o'clock games. Vikings traveling out west to the Chargers. Um, taking the Chargers here. Look, not going to overthink it. Vikings going from the East Coast to the West Coast. That's a pretty tough trip. Uh, just lost a heartbreaker to the Ravens. Not sure if they bounce back. Now, caveat to that, Chargers also traveling um, East to West uh, as well. But I feel like typically teams are more that like they're going to be more acclimated to the West Coast uh, swing because they're from the West Coast than say the Vikings who are not from the West Coast went East and then have to go back out West. I think it's just asking a lot 
out of a team that hasn't been very consistent. Now, if this line goes over three, I'll probably flip it to the Vikings just because the Chargers haven't looked that great against the number. But anything three and under with the Chargers based off of how they they make games close and how they grind out wins, I will take that. So I do have the Chargers in my super contest right now. Uh, that could change based on some news, whether somebody got COVID or not. Um, also not sure what they're going to do with Dalvin Cook. Now, my understanding is he's not facing criminal charges, um, but the but the lady did file some kind of petition or, or um, some kind of um, like suit against him for domestic violence. Not sure where his mindset is, um, and he's a key player to that team. So if for some reason he might sit out, um, that might also make the line move about a point and a half or a point. So keep that in mind. If you're if you're leaning Chargers, uh, you might want to get on that early because it will probably move if Dalvin Cook doesn't play. All right, Cardinals, Panthers. Um, Cardinals land 10 and a half. I have not been a fan of the Cardinals uh, at home against the number on the road. They are fantastic. Uh, yes, I did think that the Niners would win last week with um, Colt McCoy starting quarterback, but I forgot they had uh, James Conner, John Conner, whatever Conner you can think of. I can't tell the difference. He looked like the guy from Terminator last week. Just destroyed our defense. <laughs> and so, um, I'm assuming Kyler Murray is going to be back. I'm assuming A.J. Green is going to be back. And I'm assuming that um, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be back. And Darnold's out. Uh, my, my boy Walker doesn't look all that great. It looks like a blowout coming uh, for the Panthers. Uh, it's going to be a rough, rough second half of the year for them. Even if Darnold was in, I'd probably still lay the 10 and a half with the way he's been throwing the ball. So I'm not going to overthink it. Let me get the Cardinals here. Um, uh, 425 Seahawks visiting the Packers. Seahawks don't have a good record in Green Bay. Uh, line is Packers laying three, which is a head scratcher. But if any indication on Aaron Rodgers' status with the Packers, with the NFL, or in general, uh, is in question, then three is about right. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't play, I will definitely, definitely, definitely be taking my points with the Seahawks after watching jo- uh, Jordan Love play. He is not, he is not getting Jordan Love. I can't. It might be Jordan Love. I keep messing up his name. There's so many, like, loves that I know that are athletes for some reason, even in boxing. So I keep wanting to call him. I want to call him the Javion Love, which is um, which is the boxer. But Jordan Love, yes. Utah State. Now, I do know where he came from, and I do know what kind of quarterback he is. I am... I scouted him uh, as one of my dark horses. Didn't call him a dark horse, but every year I always look at the quarterbacks in the draft. And every year I do like breakdowns of the quarterbacks. And then I pick like two or three that could be dark horses. So um, Mike White, I had scouted him as a dark horse. I remember him from Western Kentucky. Uh, And then Jordan Love, I remember him from um, Utah State because they kept comparing him to Kaepernick. And I didn't see any of that. Uh, He does have a big arm, but he, he will throw it with no regard for life, limb, or safety of, of the ball. He would just throw that thing up. And that's what he was doing against the, the Chiefs. And they were not they were not coming down with the ball. And uh, if he's playing and this Seahawks team has Geno, um, 
I don't have any issues with with taking my points with Gino being competent and uh, being able to uh, at least cover the number. Now, likewise, if Aaron Rodgers is playing, there is no way this line should stay at three. And uh, Aaron Rodgers will destroy the Seahawks uh, more than likely. I mean, I would take Aaron Rodgers uh, laying three if he was playing left-handed. That's how bad the Seattle secondary is. So, um it would be it'll be interesting to see. Plus, with all the trash that people are talking and with him being the villain, I think Aaron Rodgers kind of thrives off of that. So um, if he plays, it'll, I, I would anticipate um, it would be a, a big deal um, and, and an easy cover. So I have that in my super contest. One of the trickier games and a game that I am thinking about switching with the Chiefs game. Broncos, Eagles, Eagles traveling to Denver, Broncos laying two and a half. You know, I just talked about not too long ago, uh, fading teams out there like big wins. I don't know if the Broncos qualify for that because they didn't look like a team that had given up uh, when they played Dallas. Like the Jags looked like a team that had given up and, and just caught one and was like, yeah, we, we can win this game. Broncos look like from the kickoff, from the coin toss, they, they were in it to win it. Like they, it wasn't no, oh, we've got a chance. It was, we are better than these dudes. And they, they looked the part the entire game. It was a quality win. Um, a, a surprising win. To me, the most surprising win uh, of the day. I mean, if you told me that the Jags won 9-6, like, I'd be surprised but not totally shocked because that sounds like a, a, a line or number that the Jags w- would could win a game against the Bills. Like, It's an ugly game, and it was literally a rock fight and a couple field goals is what changed the game. I expect an ugly tight win like that from the Jags. I did not expect the Broncos to look so smooth. Um, and I don't know if, if the Cowboys just had a, a lull or if the Broncos are really motivated to, to just kind of put all the nonsense behind them with their team and their organization and just come out and play football. So, Eagles. Heartbreaking loss uh, Sunday. I actually, I actually did pick the Eagles. I um, mean, the Eagles. My son actually picked the Eagles too. Uh, so we were both in in the uh, L for that one. But uh, heartbreaking loss. Uh, tough game. I just don't know how consistent we can get. Like how how much consistency we can get out of Philadelphia. And while. Uh, Devontae Smith had a great game against the Chargers. Uh, Broncos secondary and defense in general has been a lot more solid, uh, home and away, actually. So uh, it all I guess it all boils down to if Teddy Cover shows up because Teddy looked really good against Dallas, um, and there's not much difference between Dallas and, and Philly's defense as it as it works against a spread. There's not much of a difference, honestly, because uh, the Cowboys are boom or bust. People just don't want to believe that, but they are. They're boom or bust, and the Eagles are boom or bust. They're even they're either giving up forty yards or they're shutting people down and, and moving the chains in the opposite direction. There's no in between, um, and. I think I think with the running game that the Broncos have uh, leaned back on to to build some offensive consistency and and just kind of control the tempo of games, I think it fits their style more. So at two and a half, I definitely like it for for the Broncos. Um, 
I wouldn't call it my best bet. I'm, I'm still thinking that my best bet would be the the Browns laying the points um, on the road against the Patriots. But this is this is up there uh, for what I think might be a best bet this week. Uh, Chiefs visiting the Raiders. Chiefs laying two and a half in Las Vegas. I've said this. I feel like I've said this almost every week, and I'm saying it again. If the Chiefs lose this game, I have concerns because I don't see how they cover without. Or I don't see how they don't cover unless they lose. Like it's just what it boils down to. Raiders are Raiders are a good team um, against the number and just in general. They're a solid team. They are a above average team, which in the NFL I think makes you a good team. And there's a gap between good and great in the NFL. People just sometimes forget that. So saying somebody's good isn't saying that they're a, a top one or two team because again the gap between good and great is pretty pretty large. But the Chiefs are not a good team right now. They're a team that's winning games, but they're not necessarily good. So um, I want to see how the public bets this. I don't know if Sharps are are confident in the Chiefs yet. Uh, The Raiders definitely always have something going on behind the scenes. Um, So you would expect or you want to wait to bet on them just in case somebody has some, I don't know, like they've lost their coach and two of their top draft picks from 2020, so, or 20, yeah, from 2020 class, so I would wait, but um, if I can get more points, I'll definitely take the Raiders. I don't think this line should be over three and a half, so at two and a half, the lean is the Chiefs. Anything over three, the lean would be the Raiders, especially going against this defense. They are not good. They are uh, there to be exposed, and David uh, Carr has been, or Derek Carr, sorry. Derek Carr has been exposing those guys, uh, or exposing bad defenses all year. Monday night game won't keep you too long. Rams laying four against the visiting Rams. Rams have not looked good. Rams historically have struggled against the 49ers. Rams will cover because the Niners suck. And that's coming from a Niners fan. I hate Kyle Shanahan. I'm not trying to ruin my podcast by by uh, making this a soapbox. But we're we're not a good team. We're not a good team against the number. We're not a good team on the field. If there was a defense that you could bounce back on right now, it would definitely be the Niners. And if you can get pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo, we we are really, really bad. All right. Um, we lost our right tackle, uh, which probably will be an issue. Jimmy keeps holding on to the ball for too long. And I don't know why we don't run the ball more because that's really what we're supposed to be doing in the first place. But I think Jeff Wilson's back and they still haven't used him. Maybe like three or four carries max. Like I, I, I don't understand what the Niners like are doing. I would love to know or sit in like a coaches meeting and hear what their what their like expectations and and vision is for the team during the week because when I look at the product on the field, it's just not good. <laughs> and it's like you have this is the personnel you have. You should know the talent level that you have at this point. So why not coach to that to that talent level. Why are you acting like you have a number one, number two defense? You don't. 
Why are you acting like you have a number one, number two passing offense? You don't. Run the ball. Control the clock. Help yourself. Like, you're not helping yourself. You're literally playing in the hands of opposing teams. And it's just like, I don't know. It's like they don't have a clue right now. So, um not liking the Niners against the number, uh, which I don't have a problem with fading my team. And you guys can go back a couple weeks ago where I was all over the Colts in every kind of way. Colts team, total side, Colts spread, Colts money line, uh, Colt 45. I, I didn't care. I was taking the Colts all day on that Monday night game in San Francisco. Also, off the top of my head, being a fan, I do know this. The Niners are 0-4 at home outright. 0-4. So keep that in mind as well. All right. So that is what I'm looking at this week. I am hoping that with the increased listeners, that it brings some good luck and that we can get some wins. I don't know what happened, guys, uh, with my 5-0 week, but I would give anything to get three wins out of this week. So, <laughs> um be on the lookout for our show Sunday. Uh, like I said, I'll probably be attending from work. If you're really looking towards um, college football, um, we will be doing our college football podcast tonight. Uh, that is a live stream, um, and the link will be posted in the IBN group and also on our YouTube channel on IBN, so you can comment or listen live. Um, and then I guess the next thing would be that um, at some point, the backdoor cover will transition to um, basically basketball, uh, college basketball, and then our golf, which has been like super fantastic uh, for DFS and just for um, in general betting. So just got an alert that the Panthers are talking to Cam Newton. And so that is enough for me to know that I need to go ahead and go back to sleep because it is going to be one of those weeks. Take care, everybody, and I will catch you in week 11. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money.